Bilingual in America. Tunei el loga fi America. Bilinguismo negli Stati Uniti. Bilingue in America. Ser bilingue en America. I'm Suzanne Lasser, and this is Bilingual in America. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Joan Lachance and welcoming back Dr. Andrea Honigsfeld. For those of you who don't know Dr. Lachance, she is the Associate Professor of TESOL at UNC Charlotte and the co-author of the National Dual Language Education Teacher Preparation Standards, as well as working to support dual language education for the preservation of Native American languages. And she currently collaborates with a K-8 school serving the Eastern Band of the Cherokee Indians. Alongside of her, we have Dr. Andrea Honigsfeld, who is returning to us for her second visit on Bilingual in America. She is a TESOL professor in the School of Education and Human Services at Malloy College, a Fulbright scholar, and one of her areas of focus is effective differentiated strategies and collaborative practices. Both of them together have authored numerous books, but Yarina and I today have the distinct pleasure of welcoming them as they get ready to release a new book titled Collaboration and Co-Teaching for Dual Language Learners, Transforming Programs for Multilingualism and Equity. So welcome to Bilingual in America. Thank you. We're so excited for this book. Uh, as I was sharing before we actually hit our record button, I still work with dual language teachers and they're so committed to the work, but they're, they're always looking for ways to sustain their work and to make it impactful enough. And are they doing enough? They're asking these really reflective questions all the time. So I feel like this is such a timely book. All those rich pieces that you started to share with us in our preview conversation of, of the layout of the book and your vision for the book, if you could share those pieces, I think that that will really set a strong context for our conversation. Sure, absolutely. Well, I can give you a quick perspective about how Andrea and I first began working together. As I'm situated in the state of North Carolina, several years ago, she came to work closely with us at the state level to bring forward her work with collaboration and co-teaching for English learners. And I worked with the State Department of Ed at that time, sort of as an independent consultant. And the entire time that I was learning what Andrea was doing and we co-presented at a summer institute, I kept thinking in the back of my mind and then toward the front of my mind, we need this information to be also applicable in the context of dual language education. It might surprise a lot of listeners that North Carolina has over 200 dual language programs, and we were growing at that time. We're still growing. And so I mentioned, I began to mention to Andrea in sort of these little bits and pieces like, hey, would you be interested in? And at some point, we should probably think about and just letting time go by until the moment was actually right. Because simultaneously, Simultaneously, in, in full transparency, I was also working on, on tenure at the university level, which that is a whole nother podcast. <laughs> so finally, um, Andrea was like, okay. And she had other, or other projects going on at the same time. So finally, a couple of years ago, we said the time is right. There's this momentous era in dual language that's still occurring and let's do it. I was so honored to work with Joan back then. 
in North Carolina, we were co-presenting, we were co-planning, we were co-assessing because it was a three-day workshop series. And then we co-designed the program in a way that she could run it annually with other uh, North Carolina educators. So it became such a fruitful collaboration that I knew one day we're gonna collaborate again. So yeah. since much of my work is about collaboration, it was wonderful to get to know Joan first as a practitioner. And then when I learned about her research, her contributions to the dual language education standards, it, would, it just made sense that we married the two constructs, collaboration yeah. and co-teaching from my work with Maria Dove and then Joan's expertise in dual language education. And exactly what we always kind of talk about how when you collaborate, one plus one is always more than two because you develop joint expertise. I've learned so much from Joan. It was such an amazing journey. I'm just very grateful for this opportunity to collaborate with her. I feel the same way about Andrea, everything she just said. <laughs> <laughs> So this has been a marriage made in heaven, right? You get to collaborate on this beautiful book. You get to see it have high impact in your areas and in other areas. And who knows what else is in the making for you beautiful educators. Your passion is just so transparent. I, I love that you've been dedicated to this work for so long and you can speak about it with such enthusiasm. Absolutely. And I'm excited and also, I don't know, not hesitant, but stepping forward slowly to say, I honestly believe this is just the beginning. This book is just the beginning of what could come out of this. It's really exciting. It's coming out right at the, the perfect time. And I, I appreciate how you're planting those seeds, right? Continuously with Andrea and saying, hey, let's continue to keep in touch. Hey, we should think about this. And then the moment was right. Let's talk a little bit uh, about the book in terms of the, the setup, right? There are some features in it that definitely make it user-friendly, whether you're doing it as an individual educator, whether it's being done for a department or a whole school. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the thinking behind that and what our listeners have an opportunity to look forward to looking at once they get their hands on the book. Absolutely. Well, here's where I get to sing Andrea's praises again and again, because she really helped me see how the format of a very practitioner-oriented book can happen. And with her help and the guidance from the team at Corwin, I think we have this perfect presentation of applicable hands-on tools that are mixed in throughout the chapters of the book. We are both very reflective practitioners. And so we wanted to present that as well. Um, we both have strong personalities and passions for our work and that comes through in our writing. And then I'm gonna loop back to over and over again, it mixed throughout the book, we have these really hands-on opportunities for practicing teachers who are in, in the classrooms, right? They're the ones doing the work in the field. And so we wanted things that were very useful for them to help them reflect and move their own practices forward. Andrea, what can you add or please piggyback with me on that? Well, we wanted to make sure that we introduced the idea of collaboration yes. through the lens of dual language education, 
but uniquely position this practice within this context, because I have published extensively on collaboration and co-teaching, and I wouldn't want any of the readers to say, okay, here is one more book, and it's the same. It's not the same at all, <laughs> because we are focusing so much on bilingualism, on dual language uh, education, on not just, not just bilingualism, but multilingualism as an asset, as a strength, as something to strive for. We take a bite-sized approach, to a lot of what we do, what research says and what practitioners say and do are intertwined throughout the book. We're also considering the topic of dual language education and collaboration through the eyes of students and through the eyes of educators. So we try to create this multidimensional approach to unpacking the constructs of collaboration and co-teaching or what we introduce as partnership teaching within the context of dual language education. And then we have another amazing feature that I think Joan has to introduce, which is weaving the theme of space exploration. Yes, you heard that right, space <laughs> exploration. So we're even taking you to outer space in this book. So this is definitely very unique to this book. And that was Joan's idea. So I think you have to explain what was going on with that. Absolutely. Well, it's sort of this metaphor, right, that I am very passionate about in terms of just aim for the stars. Um, it, it sounds a little cliche sometimes, but when you unravel the layers of that, it really matches sort of what we do in dual language education. Oftentimes, we are flying in air quotes as we build the aircraft that we're in. And so I wanted the readers to really understand the, the playfulness of this, but also trust in the research that backs up if there are certain foundational aspects of your journeys, you might feel like you're in outer space, but rest assured your program will be successful. You just have to sort of follow those foundational guidelines of what makes a program strong. <laughs> yeah, I love that, right? Aim for the stars, right? Aim for the stars. Yes. One of the things that is really appealing, and I, you know, I'll give you some snaps because that's all our listeners can hear, they can't see us, is the fact that you designed this and geared it directly towards educators in the dual language setting. Oftentimes there's a book that's for ESL settings or for special ed, and then they say, oh, we'll figure out what that will look like through your lens. So um, if you could talk a little bit about this framework and why you were so intentional with the focus. That is a fairly easy question to answer. <laughs> when I was first learning about Andrea and Maria's framework, I, all I could envision was how that laid on top of the collaboration that we need to have in dual language education. Their sound theory and their sound research just was ideal. And not to oversimplify it, but the, the answer to the question is just bring that forward through the book. There's no need to put at the end of a, a chapter, a, a paragraph that says, feel free to do this in dual language if you want to. It was like, let's take this whole framework that we know works, the collaborative framework throughout the instructional cycle and put it forward with, with dual language right out in front. We also had to stretch the boundaries of our thinking because when right. we think about dual language programs, 
sometimes a solo teacher, a single teacher provides the dual language um, instruction in two languages. Other times there are two teachers who collaborate and they might not be co-teaching, might be team teaching or partnership teaching. We also have special educators in an integrated co-taught setting in the dual language or bilingual programs. Sometimes we have special educators, instructional aides, paraprofessionals. Then we have the ENL, ESOL educators sometimes involved. So all of a sudden we notice that you need a village to raise a child or to run a dual language program. And collaboration also involves the grade level teachers who might have nothing to do with the dual language classroom, but would want to coordinate and align curricula, instruction and assessment. And we have educator, um, educational leaders, coaches, administrators, lots of lots of people involved who all need to collaborate. So we are expanding our previous understanding of what collaboration could look like within the dual language setting. So we're not limiting it to just the two teachers who might be delivering instruction in two languages, but interpret the dual language context in the broadest possible way through the lens of collaboration. It's so important that we really think about it in terms of a village, because as I look at our program and our district, we have added more foundational pieces like a bilingual literacy specialist, a coach, training for our teaching assistants, in addition to the classroom teachers, whether it's English zone or Spanish zone or the ENL teacher, the more people that we can gear the instruction towards and the reality for, the, the better off the program will be and the greater success we'll see in our students. Absolutely. You spoke a little bit about administration and you've dedicated a whole chapter of the book to assessing engaging instruction for multilingualism and multiliteracies. Why are collaborative assessments important in your work? And have you found that they're overlooked? That's a really great um, sort of two-part question. I think that, yes, that they are sometimes overlooked, but let's say, or and, let's say, even when they're not overlooked, Oftentimes there are state parameters that restrict what teachers and schools and districts may or may not be able to do in terms of multilingual assessment. From a national perspective, there's a very sort of ad hoc approach to how are we going to measure content development and how will we measure language progression in both of the program languages. And so we wanted to frame this with ways that teachers and schools and districts, and even at the state level, that departments can create systems of authentic assessment that are multidimensional, multimodal, all framed by the work of Margot Gottlieb and lots of other um, critical researchers in this area, because it's not a simple answer, right? Like it's not a simple part to go, to go to the second side of this or the second layer of this, it's not a matter of taking state level tests or school level tests and just translating them into another language. So we felt like that depth and that um, complexity of, of the assessment pieces really deserved, it, it probably deserves more than a chapter, hint, hint. <laughs> <laughs> Andrea, tell me more. What can we add to that? 
Well, you mentioned Margot Gottlieb, our mentor, also the author of the foreword for this book. Yes. And, she, and our coach, she offered a lot of support for this book. And her framework consists of assessment as learning, assessment for learning, and assessment of learning. And what we did in this chapter that you're referring to, Irina, is translating these three dimensions of assessment to the dual language classroom. So we wanna make sure that the students are the front runners of their own learning, that they develop ownership of their learning, that they, through their own collaborations and through taking leadership roles in their own right, can set goals for themselves, can monitor their own learning into languages and in all the content areas. For assessment for learning, we want to make sure that all the teachers, all the educators who are involved can have uh, meaningful conversations around how the students are meeting their success criteria, how um, multilingual classroom data sources are embedded in important instructional decision-making and so forth. So that's basically the formative assessment processes that have to take place. And then finally, assessment of learning will bridge the classroom of multilingual assessments to um, other layers of assessment, uh, summative assessments, um, standardized assessments, and so forth. So it's a very dynamic model that Margot created. And we, I think, very excitedly and hopefully successfully applied that to the dual language context. Well, as you were talking, it reminded me of your first episode with us almost a year ago. You said that you didn't appreciate the phrase of let's give student voices. You said, let's amplify their voices. And that's what I heard you say, amplify the student voice, amplify the, the teacher's voices. We're, we're really uh, looking at what they come from an asset model and building upon that. Absolutely. This is so exciting. <laughs> like, I bought the book yesterday. Oh. <laughs> uh, listen, Yarina, maybe, you know, Santa Claus is listening, right? And you never know, it might be a stocking stuffer. Your birthday is <laughs> also in January. So there's a good chance. We'll have to see, you know, we can put in a good word for you. Something else that was really exciting for me to see as I looked through the table of contents was chapter, I believe it's six, because we know how important it is to have both teacher and parents buy into the instructional model. Yet oftentimes a trouble spot that I see is overlooked lies with building or district level administration. And so in this chapter, which is entitled Leadership Support for Collaborative Practices, I see that it's going to address school, district, and state leadership. Tell us a little bit more and what can I expect to read about in there and when I get my hands on the copy of the book. It's a really, I mean, all the chapters are exciting and I really love this at the end of the book because it sort of brings all of the materials full circle to emphasize shared leadership. The collaborative practices have to take place with all of those stakeholders, not just being considered, but being actively engaged in participation with programmatic creation, programmatic growth, and programmatic goals. Oftentimes, far too often, we see districts that create programs thinking they've got the community in mind 
And then we have another silo at the school level where teachers may or may not understand what the shared goals are from the higher ups in their context. Um, and so they operate in isolation. And then teachers are on another side of operating in isolation. And so this chapter really asks us as a field in dual language to sort of put all of those ineffective practices aside. The shared leadership has to start with the administrators being ready, willing, and able to amplify the voices in their schools and their communities, factoring in who does the program benefit and who does it benefit the most, who is potentially excluded from the program, and so on and so forth. Andrea, help me out here. Well, we sometimes like to think in threes, and we borrowed that formula from Margot, but here we're also building on the work of Douglas Reeves and his leadership framework. We thoroughly adapted his framework, but the idea that there are three layers or three dimensions to collaborative leadership in support of students stayed with us. But our three layers are the following. So teacher leadership. We want to make sure that partnering teachers collaborate and that they're recognized as leaders in the context of their schools, on their grade levels, in their schools, and the larger district community. Collaborative leadership comes about when the partnering dual language educators also partner and collaborate with their administrators. And finally, administrative leadership becomes more collaborative when administrators take into consideration all stakeholders' input and recognize that all children could become multilingual. And multilingualism is the norm. The rest of the world is multilingual. I think we have to aim for that, aim for the stars and aim yep. for multilingualism. <laughs> and we need leadership support for that. Yeah, I think that, as you said, it's really important that all the voices are heard and that there's collaboration at every level in order for the program to grow and for it to be successful and for no one to be excluded. Thank you. Thank you. So let's share with our listeners. I know you had said that there's possibly two publication dates, but it's really soon. And I know we can pre-order. If I wanted to get my, my hands on the book as soon as possible, what's the best course of action for me and my listeners? That's a really fun question with a fun answer. <laughs> so January is the month, right? We are looking at Corwin being able to, you can pre-order now, you can pre-order the book now for Corwin to be able to ship directly to the readers. We're looking at probably a date around January the 10th. So I would say, and Andrea, please jump in here too, that the fastest way to get the book is to go ahead and pre-order it from Corwin. <laughs> I would agree a hundred percent. And usually Amazon is about two or three weeks behind right. the original release day. We were told around the middle of January, January 10th, January 13th. So we're very, very excited and looking forward to the new year for many reasons. And this is one of them. We hope to see this book uh, made available as soon as possible to our readers. Absolutely. The other fun part of this is I'll just give Corwin a big shout out too. They have really worked hard to make the complimentary website for the book very supportive and interactive 
for people who are, are purchasing the book. We mentioned earlier the format as sort of this workshop format with practical tools mixed in throughout all the chapters. If there, we have worked with people who are hesitant to actually write in the book, and we've worked with people who are dying to write in the book, and then there are lots of people in between. So a lot of the figures and practical hands-on tools that people will find are also available in electronic format so that they can download them as PDF files. It's super exciting what Corwin has done. I don't even know how to describe my excitement. <laughs> We just have to give one more person a huge shout out, and that's Claribel Gonzalez, yes. who illustrated a couple of our previous books, and she was also our critical friend, our sketchnote artist extraordinaire, our cheerleader, so now we're cheering for Claribel and our editorial team at Corwin because they have supported us every step of the way, and the book is beautifully illustrated by Claribel. We use her sketchnotes and her beautiful multilingual artistic and artistic talents. So as you continue to share, like truly so looking forward to this beautiful book, Collaboration and Co-Teaching for Dual Language Learners. It just sounds like a complete hands-on, reflective, just visually attractive resource where people can, can really go deep, you know, really deep in their practice, deep in their passion, and it's just so clear. And really, Dr. Andrea Hoinsfeld and Dr. Joan Lachance, I want to thank you. Personally, I want to thank you for amplifying the multilingual voices and responding to the voices of the educators that are in the dual language arena because they have been asking, how do I do this better? And you just put a big, beautiful bow on this book on this in your life's work and dedication and commitment and i can't imagine a better way to start the new year so thank you so much for what you do and for doing it with so much love passion and commitment truly from the bottom of my heart oh thank you that what an honor what an absolute honor and what an absolute pleasure the other thing that i think is important to to acknowledge is the hard work that the teachers are doing that you just mentioned, they also need to have a little fun while they're learning. <laughs> the work is heavy and, and our goal is to help alleviate some of that with, with the approach of let's learn, let's collaborate, and let's enjoy the process while we're doing it. No one learns Absolutely. if they're not having fun, right? That's right. true for children, that's true for the adults. You have to find the connect to the joy of your craft and of your work, right? And that's exactly how I would describe the process with Andrea. We had so much fun writing this book. Well, it's truly apparent on behalf of Suzanne and I, we really thank you for this beautiful time together. And let's start the new year with a great bang. Let's start it with with this as a gift for our teachers. Thank you so much, ladies. It's our pleasure. Thank you. Today's book talk with Andrea and Joan is just one example of the ways we can respond to voices in the dual language field. The questions, who does it benefit and who does it benefit most should be part of each conversation about dual language instruction. As we begin to look at the possibilities for 2023, we encourage you 
to pick up a copy of Collaboration and Co-Teaching for Dual Language, Transforming Programs for Multilingualism and Equity. May this rich resource with a foreword by Margot Gottlieb, illustrations by Clarabel Gonzalez, and a lifetime of research and practice between Joan and Andrea usher in a year where multilingualism is the norm. Until next time, continue to speak your beauty. Thank you for your interest in the stories we share. By sharing, following, and liking our podcast on anchor.fm, Bilingual in America, and our Instagram blog at bilingualinamerica.podcast, you are speaking your beauty. We welcome your comments and feedback, and we appreciate your support. Follow us, like us, share us.